biggest part for me, I think, was my perseverance of constantly, you know, making sure I did the right thing, no matter what the result was. Our fitness there in Pune started at 5.45 a.m. every single day. So, and uh, uh, the rule was if you didn't make the fitness, you couldn't play tennis. And back in 94, 95, 96, there was no mobile phones. Uh, and the hostel I was staying was didn't have a TV. So, if I didn't go for fitness or didn't play tennis, there was really nothing to do there. Welcome to Inspire Someone Today podcast, a show where we dive into the stories and insights that has the power to create ripples of inspiration in your life. I'm your host, Srikant, and I'm thrilled to be with you on this journey of inspiration. Hey, my listeners, welcome back to yet another episode of Inspire Someone Today. Today, it's like game, set, and chat. I am your host, Srikanth, and welcoming you for this special episode with a very special guest joining us on this show. He is none other than the Indian tennis star, Rohan Bapana. I started my conversation with Rohan, picking on his interest for the game. How did this interest for the game start off? So, my humble beginnings in Madkeri is when his family decided to move him to a different place. That's where he landed in Pune. For seven long years, he was in Pune without tasting any success. Came under the tutelage of Mr. Krishna Bhupati as part of the Bhupati Tennis Academy. But his first national win was at the age of 21 at the Nationals. And before that, he had to shoulder a big injury to the extent that that was his career-limiting injury. To bounce back from those lows and to be the person that he has to kind of call out what he has do listening as Rohan shares his journey, the funny incidents, the learnings, and everything else, which is game, set, and chat. Rohan, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking time and joining us today. Uh, uh, thank you, Srikant. Uh, thank you for that uh, awesome, uh, lovely introduction. Likewise, Rohan, uh, without much further ado, we'll jump right in. Oh, what a tremendous, impressive career that you have had. Um, reaching the pinnacle of success of many tournaments, great contributions for the country across various platforms. I think what was interesting, the point that you made was you started at the age of 14 and you saw your first breakthrough of around 21. And during that period, I am sure you would have had your moments of frustration, anxiety, all of it. And again, I, if I draw parallels to the corporate world, we want to kind of work on projects and want to see the results maybe an year from now, not beyond that. And in your case, it's a seven-year kind of a project. How did you kind of keep yourself motivated, keep yourself focused to kind of get to that point of, I, I know that I'm going to make it big. I'm going to have this big breakthrough. And how did you go about doing that? Yeah, Shikhar, I mean, it's uh, not only uh, seven years of, you know, thinking that breakthrough might happen, but... Uh, there's a lot of capital which goes into the thing without any returns, zero returns. You're only investing, investing, investing on uh, month on uh, month off, you know, you know, constantly, not only for your coaching, but also I was staying in a hostel, though that sees, then you're traveling for some tournaments uh, in and around India, then also uh, traveling a few tournaments abroad. So you're constantly spending so much of uh, money so that you're, 
and there's zero zero returns uh, you know happening so the, you know that also is i feel sometimes it yeah, makes you anxious biggest part for me i think was my perseverance of constantly you know making sure i did the right thing no matter what the result was our fitness there in pune started at 5:45 am every single day so and uh, uh, the rule was if you didn't make the fitness you couldn't play tennis and back in 94 95 96 there was no mobile phones uh, and the hostel i was staying was didn't have a tv so if i didn't go for fitness or didn't play tennis there was really nothing to do there so i you know made sure i woke up every single day went you know did the right thing whatever the coaches asked me to do i think so that slowly started helping the belief in myself of you know doing the right thing making that discipline uh, in place and having consistency i think having consistency is important factor and uh, also uh, while the, all this were having uh, and going on my mode of transport was a bicycle so it was 14 15 kilometers a day just to go to fitness come back to the hostel go to tennis come back morning evening so it was literally i would say 15 or you know could be even more uh you know when i was in pune and uh, there were few days where i didn't want to even get up and go because there were it was extremely cold maybe raining so no matter what we still had to show up you know i mean uh, we had to be there and because there were so many other stuff uh, especially in terms of fitness which you could do even if it was raining or if it was cold but it was easy to you know find an excuse but that is where i feel my mental strength and my will power really you know started getting stronger and the belief started getting better and uh, even though there were major major setbacks of losing first rounds every single week being kind of a, like a, this journey kid who was going to tournaments but no really result happening back then uh, it wasn't like my parents could they were in cool it wasn't like uh, they could just check the scores online i had to go to an std booth pick up the call and call them and then time i felt oh, i was calling them just to say oh you know what i lost my match i lost my match i think really really a lot of credit to them that they still encouraged me to do what i love because it's not easy i mean like you mentioned everybody wants quick results quick results does not happen at all it is a process uh, you know and i say tennis is something uh, which we can compare in terms of the corporate world is like starting your own business you know when you uh, uh, when you when you start everything from scratch you need to figure everything out and uh, still not knowing i mean it could take 5 7 8 10 15 20 years you know before something a big breakthrough happens so uh, doing it every single day i think is was that uh, change which even till today i think has stayed with me to constantly make sure i do everything the right way and then uh, get those results i must say hats off to the support system that you had to kind of get you to go up every day and like you said to show up to be consistent but i am sure uh, along the way dragging motivation is not easy right you get up we wake up one more, more so when you're all by yourself right you have 100 reasons why not to do than reasons to do particularly when things are not happening the way you envisage it's happening so how did you pull the strings up how do you kept yourself motivating and this is just not from age 14 to 21 even when you are on the tour there are days where you have done everything but still you don't get the results that you want to but come the next day morning you have to be at the gym you have to hit the courts all over again so as sportsmen how do you folks get that motivation what makes you kind of show up the next day despite what happened as results the previous day 
அதிக ஸ்ரீகாந்த் இட் இஸ் த ஃபேக்ட் தட் இட் ரியலி இஸ் அ நியூ டே நியூ சேஞ்ச் கேன் ஹேப்பன் ஐ மீன் யூனோ இட் ஸ்பெஷலி இன் டென்னிஸ் இஃப் ஐ கேன் ஸ்பீக் தட் ஒன் வீக் கேன் கம்ப்ளீட்லி சேஞ்ச் யுவர் லைஃப் இட் கேன் கம்ப்ளீட்லி மேக் தட் ஸ்விட்ச் ஐ மீன் யூனோ பட் பட் யூ நீட் டு மேக் தட் எஃபர்ட் ஐ மீன் யா இட் இஸ் டெஃபினெட்லி நாட் ஈஸி யூனோ டு வேக் அப் அண்ட் go do something where you're struggling at but i feel it is when you're committed to whatever you do you need to give it 100% and then any time you start having short term goals i think it helps you in that journey yes your journey may be to reach right at the top but to reach that top you need to have a breakdown of in 3 months in 6 months what are my uh, small steps i take uh, in order to achieve that so that kind of keeps you motivated in terms of the journey and then slowly i think it helps you grow in a very big way so i started looking at it okay next tournament i go i need to try and qualify to the main draw at least maybe win couple of matches not lose a, a match 6 love or 6-1 try and get a few games so that slowly started you know changing the mindset into try and winning get that winning formula there not only you know try to say okay go there you know i lost and everything i wanted to pick up that phone call and say you know i have qualified today this thing happened those small process which you have moments you have you know which takes you that journey it does eventually start getting better and then the motivation factor of suddenly waking up and say yes you know what last tournament i qualified so now i can you know do more and i can push more and that is what really helps you to you know wake up and keep telling yourself to get better there and on the emotional part uh, rohan i'm sure you would have done everything that is possible on a match day but sometimes the result doesn't happen the way it would how do you draw the reserves of emotion is it some kind of a practice or is it like like you said it's a fresh day fresh start so whatever happened yesterday is yesterday so how do you kind of manage the emotional side of it i think shikhar what uh, you know worked for me is communicating about what happened that you know instead of just keeping it within whether it is if you don't have somebody to communicate to write it down you know to write down what kind of things could have gotten better what you didn't do better you know so that kind of helps you you know release what you're thinking or your mind and then when you come out next day it's easier to focus on that journey on what needs to be worked on when we keep it everything in and slowly it starts building up and one day it's just going to erupt one day it's just going to come out so i think when we note down things or talk it out to whoever it is doesn't matter whether it's if it's a worse day you still somehow speak it out or write it down or uh, you know take your phone today and just you know start talking and just say whatever you feel like it kind of helps in a lot to you know coming out fresher the next day interesting and in a fraternity where everybody is competing against each other do you get lot of support from the fraternity where people share best practices share tips on how you can uh, get better no absolutely i think uh, communicating again helps that uh, you know but yes you want to get better you want to compete with the, everyone but the end of the day you are your biggest you know supporter yourself you know you are fighting back yourselves so i think we need to figure out how we are getting better ourselves and then not to worry about you know who's doing something else i mean for someone uh, for example if uh, you know my peers are running 5 kilometers i'm not going to tell myself i'm going to do 5 kilometers as well of running just because he's doing it i i do things what will improve my game my conditioning 
and how I feel is the right thing to do. Maybe five kilometers won't work for me. If my body is built differently, something else may work uh, because tennis is, you know, a game where you are uh, battling yourself so much before you are battling your opponent. When we start focusing on ourselves, everything around you gets better. Even now, when I'm playing doubles, when I'm playing, uh, you know, it's easy to blame tomorrow. Say, uh, you know, my partner missed that volley. You know, he could have easily, uh, you know, hit that return better. We could have won the match. Uh, you know, so. Now I started telling myself, oh, he missed that only because my serve was not good enough, right? So uh, then it starts to build your inner mindset in order to, uh, you know, change the perspective when you go into, you know, whatever it may be, whichever competition it may be or uh, whichever race you're on. At. I think that's a wonderful outlook to have. You touched upon doubles. I'll quickly come to that. Before that, who was your early childhood inspiration? What made you to kind of pick up the game? Who inspired you to pick up the game? Uh, back then when I was just starting out in the age, age 10, 11 and I was starting off in Kool, only kind of Wimbledon was shown, uh, you know, uh, at uh, in the country or maybe the one we subscribed at home. Andhur Dashan, you know, so that was the, <laughs> that was the uh, one uh, which was coming. And I still remember back then in Kurg, uh, whenever Wimbledon came, my dad would send me up to the terrace and the antenna was there and he would make, uh, you know, hold and change directions and, you know, try to get the right signal and, you know, he would shout from right below and would go up trying to find the, uh, you know, right angle so we could watch tennis. And uh, back then, Stefan Edberg is somebody I watched a lot. I mean, during, uh, you know, those Wimbledon days, I just felt, the way he, uh, uh, you know, especially from the way he served, the arch he had in his back, the serve and volley, the grace, uh, you know, he uh, conducted himself off the court in his interviews as well. I thought it was, was tremendous. I mean, you know, I used to watch tennis, but anytime Edberg was there, I could sit through hours to watch the entire match, uh, you know. So he was someone I think I really looked up to as, um, you know, over the years, I even uh, got to meet him. It was incredible. Uh, you know, getting to meet him. I never dreamt that he will one day watch my match. And um, this happened in the Indian Wells in the Masters in California. He, he at that time, was uh, coaching Roger Federer. And then I was playing doubles with Aisa Mullah Qureshi. And we were playing against Roger Federer and Stanislas Wawrinka uh, in Indian Wells. And, uh, you know, being Roger Federer's coach, you have to be sitting in the box watching, watching his matches. And, uh, you know, so I never dreamt uh, first, I'll meet uh, Stefan Edberg. Secondly, that he'd be watching the entire match. So, you know, so it was an incredible feeling. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, even after I met him, I think it just enhanced, uh, you know, the love I've had, uh, you know, uh, watching him play and as a person he was. Wow, oh, that must be a surreal moment, a fanboy moment where you idolize somebody and that idol has watched your game. Yeah, I mean, it was more than more than a fanboy moment, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Roger Federer and another Grand Slam champion, Stanis Wawrinka, already it is so much of pressure. And then secondly, you have your uh, idol sitting there and watching the match. <laughs> so it doesn't, uh, yeah, I mean, ne never easy. Yeah. And does it get uh, better than this to have uh, the likes of Roger Federer and Stefan Edberg out there? And does it overwhelm? I'm sure it's an understatement to say that you're not overwhelmed. But how do you kind of stay grounded and then focus on the game when you have those kind of moments? I think what made it easier is when I hit that first tennis ball. Then everything became like normal, familiar territory. You know, 
when you're walking and uh, you're looking at this and everything your mind is you know gets nervous and everything and suddenly when i started eating the tennis ball i was prepared for what i come there to do i mean this is what i've been doing for years it like i said it's a, it's a familiar territory so then everything come down much easier i think being being prepared for anything is very very important aspect mm-hmm. and you did mention about edberg being such a wonderful uh, ambassador of the game and you are nothing short of that rohan uh, i think the way you have kind of carried the game the way you have kind of carried yourself the country i want to kind of bring in a recent anecdote for our listeners to kind of uh, know about this is i might be getting my, my games wrong but i will let you to kind of talk about it i think this was the wimbledon game where you were closer to match point or match point the ball brushed your shoulder nobody noticed it but there was rohan bopana who noticed it went to the umpire to say that this brushed my shoulder this is a point for the opponents and just walk us through that moment for me that was a moment of great pride that somebody could demonstrate that at your level as a sports person we don't just enjoy the game but these are some of the subtleties of the game this is about sportsmanship this is about honesty this was about ethics i think you demonstrated all of it by being that wonderful ambassador of the game just walk us through that particular moment and what made you to kind of do what you did and hats off for what you did us open final this year and um, the minute you know the ball hit hit my forearm i, I kind of called it upon uh, myself and i uh, i know even my partner who's, who was you know few meters away from me didn't even realize uh, it had happened i mean uh, nobody of course opponent, nobody knew uh, yeah, about no, it uh, would have realized this because it was very very faint but uh, i knew it had happened i knew that touched uh, you know my arm and uh, um i i felt at that point of time it was the right thing to do i think i was uh, brought up that way to do the right thing and always own up to your mistakes or uh, yeah uh, you know be that kind of a person and i you know thank my parents for bringing me up that way and uh, you know i think uh, that's why i did not hesitate at all when i raised up my arm to uh, mention that the ball had brushed uh, uh, my arm and even the referee was i think very confused at that uh, yeah but uh, I don't think you know it could have been any other way from my end at least uh, that is that is how uh, it's me as a person I say things as it is and uh, you know no matter whether it's good or bad it sometimes works in your favor sometimes it doesn't work in your favor when you be too honest and say openly uh, you know certain things but uh, that is how uh, you know I've always always been from uh, day one I think yeah wonderful I, I think for a lot of the kids who are following the game if they had to pick up elements of it this is one such element it's just not about going out there and winning but it is also holding that standards holding uh, those uh, principles of honesty and uh, sportsmanship so thank you for demonstrating that thank you for sharing that and after after all probably it's just uh, uh, a circuit it is uh, called the stefan edberg sportsmanship award so <laughs> when you when you have a role model like that i think uh, it also adds to you know the the things uh, you know what you're doing on the court as well so true so rohan you mentioned about your successful uh, doubles career and it has been one and you have been the uh, oldest ranked player in the circuit as we speak and talking about doubles i would want to kind of touch upon 
how do you go about building these successful partnership what do you see in your doubles partner how do you make this combination work just walk us through what's going on in your mind when you go through this journey of uh, playing doubles nurturing that partnership building relationships and going out and winning ashikan it's actually very very simple i just put all the names in a hat close my eyes and i just pick up our name and then it's right there <laughs> uh no but uh, the fantastic uh, you know question you asked me there uh, it's it's always a uh, always a challenge it's never easy to because you don't know who can be the you know right uh, partner out there you know for you but uh, having said that uh, sometimes you know you know the players uh, you know most of the players either the, you have practiced with them or you played a match against them so you kind of ha- know their game styles and what their strengths are so uh, uh you kind of uh, narrow it down to maybe four or five players who could maybe be a good potential partner uh, for yourself and uh, i think uh, then i sit down with my coach we discuss the pros and cons and for me uh, somebody re- really uh, you know works well who's got uh, good coverage of speed and uh, agility on the court and somebody who's a uh, very consistency on the return so it ha- kind of helps me uh, play my aggressive style of game i can use my 6 foot 3 frame to be a real presence at the net and uh, these are some small factors uh, you know i do look into you know some partners when i try and play with them uh, of course uh, you know there are uh, times where it has not really worked out not only uh, you know just getting their game style but i think uh, your camaraderie also should be great with that person so because especially with close moments uh, sometimes when you're going through tough period in your uh, journey when you're losing a few matches to come together and you know break through you need somebody you can communicate with and that again the communication is a very very important factor i think if you try it especially in doubles when you want it it's like a relationship the healthier uh, it gets when you communicate and uh, you know that's how the partnership gets stronger uh, no matter in which aspect in life i think uh, it does make a difference even in a corporate world um, you, you know when you try to build something when you communicate with your team uh, i think you can come up with a better strategy and uh, come up with it successfully and this is this is something which uh, not only uh, when you're looking for a partner which is an important factor to also get a, get along with that person off the court because i'm spending so much of time with that person off the tennis court as well because uh, you're just uh, you have a lot of waiting period sometimes in between matches or you are uh, and you're traveling together and tennis being a lonely tour initially uh, you know you can't really afford to travel with a coach or a physio or family member it is expensive because at the end of the day in tennis we pay for all our travel stay coaches physios everything ourselves so it's not like the federation or uh, this corporates really helping out so yeah, you know so it is difficult uh so that time uh, obviously you have this one person uh, you know who you get along with and uh, you know this journey sometimes happens and uh, you build partnership and hence sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work but the you know friendships definitely remain because uh, the camaraderie has been built yeah that's a great point i think you wouldn't be otherwise if you had that partner of yours where everything that you mentioned about the communication the camaraderie the time that you need to spend and i'm sure there will also be moments of disagreements conflicts so how have you managed what what is your take on conflict management what is uh, your arsenal to kind of 
manage these relationships better because you are one of the most successful uh, players on the double circuit as well. So how did you go about managing relationships, managing the conflicts in this journey? I think it's to literally do it one-on-one whoever you're having conflict. It is go and talk it out. I'm not saying go there and shout and scream or abuse or, you know, whatever. Be two matured people who go and bring out the pros and cons of what's happening. Speak it out. Then instead of going and speaking to 15 other people about what is happening, it's easier to just communicate directly to that person and sort it out. It probably sometimes takes just a couple of minutes or maybe five minutes and the entire you know, solution gets fixed. And that is something which has really, really helped is to just speak as in, uh, you know, whatever the right uh, way it is to do. So, Rohan, uh, just like in life, corporate and sports, one thing that is constant is continuous learning, continuous uh, evolvement. And in sports, that is something that we can see day in, day out. Uh, You have the opportunities to kind of play on different surfaces you have to kind of change the methods depending on the opponents that uh, you get. Help me and my business to kind of get a sneak preview of how do you prepare, how do you kind of focus on this continuous uh, evolution as a sports person? Yeah, Shrikar, I mean, uh, the right thing you said there was you you always are learning. You're always trying to find situations to adapt. I mean, there was a situation which I had to really change the way I was playing tennis from uh, being a serve and volley tennis player to serving and then staying back and not really serving in volleying. One of the main reasons being is because currently I have no cartilages on my knees. It's fully worn out for the years of wear and tear. And uh, hence, when I when I was serving and volleying a lot, at tremendous pain in the knee. You know, every time I bent, you know, bent down for that volley and uh, after a few matches, it used to be a lot, a lot of pain. So then I started to sit with my coach and started changing the completely in terms of, you know, uh, the way I play doubles and started working on my ground strokes and making that stronger to to be able to still compete at the highest level, still win tournaments at the highest level because uh, suddenly you're, you're bringing something new, new style into your game and it was and it was not easy and you know what really helped is doing a lot of lot of practices on that trying to get better at it and today I really feel that is one of my strengths which is being able to adapt with the uh, the court changes also being from fast courts to now being much much slower courts in able to stay consistently whether who's playing there whether it's a doubles player or playing against us a singles player who's playing doubles uh, you know, so that is something which I think we really extensively worked on on the practice court. You know, apart from when I was playing with a partner, he would take me separately, uh, you know, onto the practice court and constantly feed balls and put me in situations where I was not comfortable in. You know, there were many times where probably I got frustrated and I didn't want to do it. So then he would just make me sit down for five minutes, have a sip of water, and then he'll be like, you know what, let's hit another five balls. You know, he would not say, okay, let's go for another half an hour. He'd slowly, you know, bring me back to that situation. And then uh, eventually when I see even like one or two successes of hitting the right shot where we wanted to practice, uh, you know, he was somebody who appreciated what I did. And I think that was also an important, you know, aspect in terms of appreciating, you know, what, uh, you know, someone is doing and telling them uh, no matter how small it can be, 
it's still uh, you know that communication which was which was key and uh, i was able to adapt and change uh, you know and uh, learning uh, in that surface and uh, especially when we play on the clay court surface roland garros and all the other clay court tournament that kind of red clay we don't have anywhere in india and uh, you know i was it was never my strength to play in that uh, surface and today playing in it i really feel for the last uh, 8 years now it has become my strength and i started winning many many tournaments on the clay court and uh, you know this is because i changed my game style and adapted to the situation and hence it's become an extremely strong uh, surface uh, you know in my uh, tennis career and that's a great example also of how you can convert some of your challenges into strengths and then overcome those to become a winner you have your case in point in demonstrating that yeah no i think uh, it it took a lot a lot of effort but then you need to have belief in somebody who's also teaching you that you know if you start doubting them in the right from the beginning mm. it'll never work you need to have a broader mindset and really adapt and understand that somebody there is genuinely trying to uh, you know help you in that journey rohan we have been talking about your journey your learnings some of those stupendous achievements we slip into a segment in this uh, conversation called as the power of three round this is more like a rapid fire round now we are in the rapid fire round the power of three the first of the power of three Ro- uh, rohan three best games or moments that has etched in your memory uh 2017 the grand slam which we mixed doubles with gabriela dabrowski at roland garros 2010 Uh, winning that fifth singles uh, rubber ag- uh, against Brazil in the Davis Cup tie in Chennai, and the third one, even though it was not a victory, it was toughest moment in my journey was losing that uh, bronze medal match at the Rio Olympics in uh, 2016 with Sanya Mirza. I must say, I have witnessed two out of the three there. Okay, <laughs> the the Chennai one and the Rio match. You watched uh, both of them. Okay, fantastic. So three favorite tournaments or venue that you would always love to be there. Australian Open always love uh, the way it is uh, conducted and the way they treat players. The US Open more so because it's held in New York. It's my favorite city in the world, and I love the Masters uh, in Shanghai. Shanghai has been, uh, you know, one of my uh, fun cities to go to. I've had great success there, so yeah, Shanghai for sure. Wonderful, Rohan. If you were to give three word of advice to your older self. What would those three advice be for your older self? Find the academy which had everything, and I didn't have to travel 15 kilometers a day. <laughs> cycling, yeah, cycling. Uh, have a base in Europe because 90% of our tournaments are based based in Europe. Uh, you know, so I would love to have have a base in Europe and uh, found a sponsor because that always. Made it much more difficult. Any time you travel, you have to think five times before going to a tournament. Interesting, Rohan. You have been on this journey for a while now. I'm sure you have had your moments of inspiration from different sources. You can name anything. The question I have for you is: any three book or podcast recommendations. But if there's something else outside of that, uh, you're more than happy to kind of share that as well. I think uh, the one book uh, I really enjoyed and which was uh, I. loved you know reading about everything they were talking about was the zaltan ibramovich uh, his book uh, you know where he just openly speaks his mind out and uh, you know even andrea kesi's open book uh, where uh, 
you know, they just speak their mind. They say the truth about what is happening and how their journey went, the struggles they've had. These two books are, uh, you know, something which uh, I really connected with in some way. And uh, I felt uh, that as a sportsman, what they go through builds a lot of character and, uh, you know, really showcases all the outside part we don't know about apart from, you know, the tennis world. Yes, I think Agassiz Open is an all-time favorite listeners. If you have not put your hand on to that, you should definitely, definitely pick that up. Continuing on, uh, Rohan, if there are three guest recommendations from you to be featured on this podcast, who would those three guests be? I, I would definitely recommend Srikant, uh, sportsmen who are not really in that limelight and who undergo, uh, you know, their tough journeys, not only growing up, but also, you know, sports, which, you know, yourself, you could be as good as possible, but sometimes the federations you know, don't let you come through that that journey. So I really feel, you know, sports which are slowly starting to get recognized. I think there are a lot of athletes there in their journey. Swimmers, you know, I really feel who, you know, can be part of uh, these podcasts, who can make a really big difference on what they go through, on these challenges they go through. Would love to, you know, lis- listen to those guys next time, you, you know, in case you happen to have them on your show. Absolutely. We look out for them and definitely make it a point to have them on the show. It'll be wonderful to have some chess grandmasters really speak about, you know, how that kind of uh, journey as well started. I would love to have Praga on the show sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Now a sister as well, right? Yes. Rohan, the last of the power of three round. I I think what uh, sportsmen do on a day-in, day-out basis is the pursuit of excellence. If there are three micro-experiments or three routines that Rohan advises to all the listeners. Shares tips says, what are the three micro-experiments one can do in the pursuit of excellence? I think uh, number one is stretching every day. I think, uh, you know, just waking up, doing doing a 15-20 minutes of a good stretch kind of really opens out every part of your body. For recovery, uh, you know, I would definitely recommend ice baths. I think it's been incredible. Yes, it can be tough to do the ice baths, uh, you know, but it is something if you can get used to it, it really tremendously, tremendously helps, uh, you know, recovery. And, uh, and I love for people to go and take advice from a proper physio. Not just somebody who's going to give you ultrasound and everything. Somebody who can work genuinely with their fingers. Uh, you know, I think who can make a healthier lifestyle. And I think this is important. We uh, You know, we go through all the devices we wear and we get all the inputs from everything, um, uh, you know, around on what's going on with the body. But on how to get better and improving it and staying consistent. I think these are the few fire three things I would definitely recommend. Wonderful. Rohan, thank you so much for sharing that. Like I said, at the beginning, we are at the beginning of the new year where everybody is on the path of setting goals, achieving and accomplishing goals. And who better than you to kind of talk to us about goal setting, talk to us about learning from, I wouldn't say failures, but learning from setbacks. If our listeners were to kind of hear it out from you, the importance of goal setting and how do you and what can we do to learn from setbacks? 
No, I think uh, it's extremely, extremely important to have uh, goal settings. I think it really keeps you motivated in a big way to you know follow that. Yes, there are many times which setbacks happen, but doesn't mean that you just cut off from everything. Uh, for example, back in 2021, I went five months of the year of not winning a match. You know, to uh, so I mean, it was a major setback. Uh, you know, obviously, I was 41 years old. I'm thinking now, okay, this could be end of you know my career. Maybe I'm not able to compete at this highest level. It was a very very tough you know setback. I, I remember sitting in Portugal uh, uh, across the uh, ocean, just overlooking the ocean, and telling myself, you know, I'm doing every single thing. I'm I'm there. You know, waking up, practicing, playing matches, but I'm just not able to, you know, win matches. But just speaking to myself, talking about it, kind of, you know, automatically made me understand where I am and brought me back to reality. I felt that you know, brought me back to down to earth to say that you know, let's keep pushing it. You still have a good five months to go. Let's not stop right here. Let's see how that journey goes and. Uh, yeah, it, it, it worked out amazingly well after that. Uh, you know, I started winning uh, right uh, the second week after that. I started winning matches, got back to in the rhythm of winning matches to, to now in 2023, two years later, having my best year in my career. You know, so it doesn't take, you know, that long in terms of uh, trying to find a way, but just being able to tell myself what the reality was and what the setbacks I was going through kind of really helped me come back to what I was trying to achieve and where I wanted to be at. So that honest assessment and positive self-talk is going to be the key. You know, yes, absolutely, Srikanth. I think it is very important to speak to yourself about it and, uh, you, you know, understand where you are in your junction, career, what is the reality. That's when it really helps you move forward. Otherwise, we are always living in this bubble that we think, oh, we have done this, but technically we have not. I mean, it is just about breaking that and just, you know, sitting yourself down, looking yourself in the mirror and just telling, uh, you know, where exactly you are in that journey. In that way, would that also address the self-doubts that you that is there in your mind to say that okay, this is not doable? Like you mentioned, five months you went windless and then that honest assessment did help you, did propel you to kind of achieve what you have been able to do from there on. So how much of self-doubt comes in the way and what practices do you, encourage people to look into to overcome those those self-doubts i think a lot of lot of self-doubts happen you know and then a lot of people you're talking to also kind of uh, gets you in that going in that mood by saying oh um, you know i have you planned anything something after your career what are you going to do so you automatically uh, you know hit that frame of mind where you're thinking oh this is you know probably that journey or indirectly maybe you have also mentioned it sitting around saying that, oh, I'm not winning matches, I think it's time to stop in just passing. So, with, which uh, indirectly somewhere starts affecting you as well, especially when you have been doing something for 20 years and been in that journey and suddenly overnight you're not winning matches, not getting any, you know, support out of it. Uh, it it does, uh, you know, have a major, major self-doubt. But then uh, I think what really changed was genuinely speaking about it to myself and I think that, that made a huge shift and a huge uh, positive change from being where I am to, you know, moving forward. Great. Rohan, we would love to continue this conversation. There is so much, so much more to kind of hear from you, know about your uh, journeys, know about some of those 
nice anecdotes but i am afraid we are coming at the close of this conversation this show is all about creating ripples of inspiration before we sign off rohan what's your inspire someone today message to all the listeners my my biggest thing is to trust your instincts that's a wonderful message out there trust your instincts couldn't have uh, gotten any better than this rohan once again thank you so much for being such a wonderful ambassador of the game thank you for joining us on this episode of inspire someone today this is shrikant your host signing off until next time continue to carry the ripples of inspiration stay inspired keep spreading the light